Hi, I'm Dave Westberg, and you're listening to the Billboard Insider Podcast, where I interview industry leaders about trends impacting the U.S. out-of-home advertising business. This podcast is sponsored by BillboardLoans.com, a non-bank bank which provides financing to out-of-home advertising companies. Billboard Loans has been lending to the out-of-home industry for over 22 years. Billboard Loans, fast, smart, committed. Today's guest is Chris Kalbeck. Chris is general manager for Look Billboards, an out-of-home advertising company with more than 110 traditional faces and five digital billboards in Ardmore, Oklahoma. Chris is also general manager of the IBO USA Networking Group, which promotes the interests of independent billboard operators in the U.S., and Chris is the only out-of-home executive I know who wears cowboy boots to work. Welcome to the show, Chris. Yeah, that was a, a great intro, Dave. And yeah, the cowboy boots were in central Oklahoma and come up around a ranching community <laughs> and some of those ranching farmer concepts and like to try to keep things simple and I definitely want to be comfortable around our advertisers. Terrific. Chris, how did you get in the out-of-home advertising business? You know, we definitely didn't start out that way. Basically, our family business is a real estate boutique sales operation that started back in the early 70s. So about 48 years ago, as it turns out that one of our sales agents was a person that uh, did some out of home and we wound up getting a billboard by our office building way back and saw the benefits of that. My personal background is that I'm in a construction management careers where I started out and did construction estimating on heavy construction and moved into some project engineering and then slowly into managing a couple of high-rise buildings in downtown Phoenix back in the 80s. In 90, I came back to Ardmore to run our family business named after my mother, Maureen, who I owe a ton of kudos to. Taught me that hard work and persistence really does pay dividends. So I built houses. I've run a mortgage brokerage for a dozen or so years before the big crash and done some real estate development. But I really have found that my true love is for the out-of-home world, which uses some of my design awareness capabilities. Just an aside, was real estate a good background for what you do in out-of-home? Oh, really? It enabled me to get very comfortable with the terms, the leases, and the ways to administer things. And much like being a property manager for high-rise buildings, that enabled me to do oodles of coordinative type things of scheduling elevator times and different tenant improvements, basically juggling a million balls at the same time, all toward a good outcome. That was a great prep for me to figure out how to juggle our really complex digital scheduler that we use now, as well as herding all the cats with the IBO USA. Tell us about Look Billboards, your billboard company in Ardmore, Oklahoma. Yep, and that, that's a fun thing too. A childhood friend of mine, business partner now, Charlie Clo, sat with me on a local tourism authority back in the mid-90s in a way to try to grow the income for our businesses. Charlie is a gasoline jobber and sea store owner, uh, operator, and he really knows the value of billboards because he's got them on the interstate and different places. We also had one outside of our office, as I mentioned, which is now our IBO headquarters here in Ardmore, Oklahoma. When the city fathers turned away our suggestion that they could have a revenue stream by managing billboards to fund the advertising and marketing needed to grow the community, we decided, heck, we got young kids, we'll do it ourselves. Opportunity for you guys. We didn't think know much about how to do it. And so being somewhat artistic and design oriented myself, we decided that we would drive up and down the interstate and keep focused on the center lines of the road. And whatever 
cost, we would keep our eyes on the road and not look away. Mm -hmm. If something caught our peripheral vision, jumped in and pulled the eyeballs out of our head, whatever it was that caused it to, the color combination, the picture, uh, whatever it was, we would turn and look at it and make note of whatever it was about that design that made it note. That's why we named our company Look Billboards, as in pull the eyeballs out of your head look. And so we lovingly now call our customers lookers. And <laughs> we like to have fun and keep yeah. things very simple. Chris, you, which is a bit unusual as a small, as an independent out-of-home company in a smaller market, you have five digitals. Can you talk a little about that, how you've managed to grow your digital signs and how you, how you manage the digital signs? Sure. That was an interesting thing. One, a Watchfire Madman Award back about 10 years ago for this odd way that we come into doing our scheduling. We hired a consultant that said for a small town of 25,000, it's a trade center. How many digitals could we stand to have in that market? Definitely came back one. Don't put more than one trade center. Yeah, it's great, but one. We had three great locations and we were trying to figure out how in the heck can we pick which one. If we pick one to the detriment of the others, there were pluses and minuses. So we figured out with the tone at the time that there was a lot of nervousness about the different beautification type councils and whatnot, city fathers might not approve digital. We decided that we would go in only if we could figure out how to rotate them. We've got a, had a successful rotary traditional poster plant that had worked well for the economy level that we have here to allow people to move around to the different arterials. And we decided that the only way that we would do digital is if we could figure out a way to rotate them on a network. Well, at that point in time, there were no available software packages. The manufacturers didn't know how to do it. And we thought we were down and out of our life. After about two or three weeks of thinking about it, I woke up in the middle of the night with an algorithm that enabled me to do something rather complex. It's a lot of work, but it enabled us to sell one contract and rotate it every period of time, like every four minutes or every eight minutes to another location. And in doing that, we decided to launch three at the same time. At the bottom of the market crisis, back when the Dow Jones was about 6,600, we bought three digitals and rolled forward and operated at about 125% of our pro forma for a couple of years. Wow. Absolutely hit a home run out, and that caused us to then add two more. So we have three boards that are our triple play, and then there are two boards that we added that are the double play to, to go after a baseball theme. And, of course, if we wanted to do all five boards, we would combine the double play and the triple play together, and we would have a grand slam. And so that has done very well for us over the years, and we're excited to be teaching a lot of our IBO people. I think we're going to have our conference coming up. We're going to have a, a session on Friday morning that will talk about our some of these different styles of going and selling in rural markets. One other interesting thing is maybe we'll talk about is how you manage your billboards. As you grow, if you're small, you can keep your all your data on an Excel spreadsheet. But as you grow, as you get above 50 faces, you really need a better way to keep track of receivables, keep track of leases, to keep track of scheduling on your boards. And this becomes acute when your inventory goes up 8x per digital sign. How do you manage basically your software? How do you run your billboards? What sort of software do you use to help run your billboards? About four and a half years ago, a gentleman named Jim Madalone, who ran Next Media back on the East Coast now is GM and a main president there at Ashby Street, suggested I talk to Apparatus Media Solutions about a number of things. But I tested that pro platform out 
back a bit and we utilize that now that incorporates proposals it instantly switches them into offers which when signed have scan codes on there that we can scan in to create automated billing records posting records for traditional and digital scheduling all in an automated fashion i used to spend a, a day day and a half doing my billing to make sure that I didn't miss something that everybody would post it, did get an invoice that everybody that came down, didn't get an invoice. And, you know, it was fairly tedious. Now I can say that most of the time my billing on a monthly basis takes about 90 seconds, can take up to two or three minutes if I've forgotten to check something along the way or got interrupted. But it is an enormous time saver of time just from the billing. But it has also allowed me to put together a proposal in a minute, two minutes in a very professional way and, and get that out. And so the more proposals that I can send out, the more hit ratio that I have. Revenues are good. And bottom line is I'm more efficient, have more time for my family. And it allows me, frankly, to spend a lion's share of my time managing the IBO USA group as general manager. Less paperwork and less administrivia and more strategic executive type decisions sounds like right and then the paperwork goes paperless yes it's all scanned it's all uh, automated now the beauty is is if with one button two button clicks it pushes to quickbooks online and automatically all your invoices are calculated and put into place your crm is managed in one platform and updates quickbooks online when you have changes in the apparatus system and that is the structure of it's geared for large large companies and the ibo platform has caused a scaled down simpler version that doesn't include a real estate module called the ibo fuse sales which a number of our folks are interested in and implementing now perfect thanks let's take a little break to pay the bills Few things are more frustrating than having to educate your bank around the out-of-home advertising business. BillboardLoans.com is owned by three guys who have been lending to out-of-home advertising companies for 22 years. We also own an out-of-home advertising company. That means we won't waste your time with stupid questions. We make loans based on your company's cash flow, and we understand that your billboards are worth way more than the steel. BillboardLoans.com, fast, smart, committed. Chris, you mentioned that you run the IBO USA or the Independent Billboard Operators USA. What does it do and how does it help out-of-home companies? Well, first off, the IBO's mission is pretty simple. It's an effort to combine the synergies of a, a number of our nationwide operator associates into a harmonic wave to maximize our efforts, have some education and learning, and have great friends and, and learn how to be more profitable. Chris, who, who are the members of the IBO USA? We have about 160 companies now that are either in our proper networking group or in a newer group for brand new or smaller companies, investor companies, or companies that are in out of home that are not exactly in line with the companies that have been around 40 or 50 years called our IBO Market Club. Mm -hmm. uh, and today we're about 50,000 faces is what the footprint represents, maybe a thousand digitals. And with along with that comes an enormous amount of synergies. So this is a voice not for the public behemoths, but it's a voice for the independent, smaller out-of-home companies. Yes, and smaller is how we started. And then one of our guys had 500 boards and bought something and got to 750. And then it was to 1500. And then somebody got over 2000. And we figured out size, while important, doesn't necessarily change the character of the man or the woman that runs the companies. We have found out too, that some of the larger companies, the regional companies and whatnot, 
have been very successful at what they're doing and that we've recognized that they bring some very important things to the table, lessons to learn, if you will, that if we're smart, we will listen. Mm -hmm. And having been a poor listener most of my life, I've learned that there are one or two or three people that when they speak, like E.F. Hutton in the old days, I listen. Chris, can you talk about some of the current initiatives? What's occupying you as the guy that's running the IBOUSA? That changes on a daily basis, it seems. We get what I call lovingly knock-knocks. When opportunity knocks at the door, you must be there to answer it. Most of us individually get a lot of inbound calls and things, but there's just no way that we can figure the wheat from the chaff and what works and what doesn't work. And so IBO with our team, I've been blessed to have a good set of execs and a great support by the group itself that we've been able to add several people to our administrative point here. And that's enabled me to answer more knock-knocks. And so right off the shoot, we've got growth. We've got an interesting area for our health and insurance initiative. And if you'd like for me to, I can go into a little bit of detail about that. Please do. Yeah. All right. So whether or not you're a fan of our current government leadership or not, a.k.a. Donald Trump, the facts are that the economy is doing very much better than any time over the last decade. With this new administration has come some changes to the health insurance arena. They've opened up the insurance across state lines, and more significantly, they've extended a huge benefit to big business, which they have appreciated, our ability as an association to self-insure. New rules go into effect this spring, and in effect, we are exploring this very complex environment. As with any new initiative, Dave, in such a, a regulated area, there are hurdles to leap past. And we think that we're going to be able to provide a solution to a problem that most of us independents have had for a long, long, many, many years. I've got to think that's a huge, you know, if you're a small, very, very small business, getting insurance, if you if you are two or three or four employees, and a lot of small out-of-home companies are that way, it's an almost impossible to get cost-effective insurance. So that's a that's a great initiative. Right. We expect to have some answers. We have preliminary discussions with uh, reinsurers are favorable. And again, it's complex, but I should have some decisions and uh, be looking forward to talking with you in the, in the near future about getting the word out as they materialize. Now, you, may, you, you mentioned how many current members do you have? 160? Yes, about 160, and it seems like we're adding one or two a week mm -hmm. in some larger regional-type companies and some smaller companies that come in. We're really agnostic. We don't mind what size they are. We want to help everybody out. And the purpose of our group is it, it is a networking group that mm -hmm. really wants to get together and have co-op activities to the benefit of all of us. And let's talk about some of the co-op activities. The way, the way I see IBO USA differs, for instance, from a big trade group like OAAA is OAAA is an advocacy and a lobbying body, but OAAA's charter is not to provide co-op type services to its members. That's just not something it focuses on, where IBO USA is more of a cooperative model where it will provide services to its members. Talk about some of the things you're doing, some of the products which are of service to your members. Well, and that's when a knock-knock comes and somebody says, gosh, we've got a one called Billboard Alerts, which is a great little app developer that one of our associates pointed out to me a year and a half or two ago, met with them. And it, it's a simple thing where you've got an empty billboard out in a rural location that's 100 miles from your office. You can't afford to send a sales exec out there. Shoot, we give them the lat lawn, the basic picture based within the system, and they are able to go out and crawl 
the names, addresses from uh, the business owners downhill from the or downstream from the location for a very affordable price. Of uh, I think for our group, the the public price would be a buck fifty a card, and I think ours is about a dollar ten a card. It's a terrific product. It's a, it's a terrific product. And so then another one that's along a similar line is design is so important. One of our operators, Dave Rowland of Rowland Outdoor in Cookville, Tennessee, has done terrifically well with digital and does very good designs. He's got a great a designer, Shane Hutton, and they have come up with a web platform or an app that is called Tasty Ad that enables people to go in for a very, very affordable price to do spec art. And to come up with stuff so when you can be on the road, grab their laptop or tablet, jump in, grab a logo off the internet, take a snapshot with their phone, email that in and walk in on the cuff in almost cold call nature and have a, a set of one or two designs that really cost a, a very affordable. I think their public price is $99 a month for this service. IBO has got a $75 a month. And it's uh, after about 20 designs, it's a, a dollar per design that's done. And, you know, many times just one spec art design will cost that. And uh, we think that that's a valuable service. Wow. So those are some of the kinds of things that we're focusing on. There's oodles of them that we are, get approached with. But I have to take a, an approach of agnostically which ones can fit into our workflow solution. Both of these solutions can fit into our daily proposal mechanisms that we call workflow with our apparatus machine over a period of time once we prove all the use values of it. and. Those are just a few of them. How about your cooperative marketing? I, I think that's a really interesting initiative where you're getting the all of the independent out-of-home companies to, in essence, join a network which allows them to, in a unified way, bid for some large national out-of-home advertising contracts. That's exactly right. About 10 years ago, most of the friends that I have in IBO know that my primary business is real estate broker and that I'm a bit of a database kind of a person and, and was helpful in creating our database structure for our multiple listing service back in the mid 90s. They asked me, hey, Chris, why can't we put together a setup whereby we go out and collectively put our stuff together, all our empty rural boards, and try to go compete against the big boys. And so it's been a decade-long quest, and four and a half years ago is when I hired Apparatus Media Solutions to develop our core platform. And so whenever a company such as Look Billboards utilizes the workflow solution, when we sell a board, much less a real estate person would sell a listing in a neighborhood, it would not be available on the list for people to go see the property on the next day. Same thing with our billboard scenario is that when a local operator like Look would sell it, it would go unavailable in the cloud. And that whole mechanism that we've designed over this period of time has moved us rapidly into what is the IBO digital marketplace, which is in essence setting up. A, a very nice structure for be able to bring revenues to our operators that participate. Terrific. You are active in the actions, uh, sit on one of the committees for the Media Rating Council, the MRC, which is one of the institutions that most people in out-of-home don't know anything about and they should. Can you talk about what MRC is doing and why an out-of-home company should care about it? Yes, that is a very, very good point, Dave. I didn't know about it after 20 years of being in the business. And almost exclusively, every industry veteran that I have talked to, bar none, had never heard of the Media Rating Council up until about six months ago. 
I learned about it of an interaction that I had with the CCO of Outfront, Randy Shrebus, when he wrote a very nice article for your Billboard Insider back in January of 2018. And, and I looked at eight things that he wanted to bring up to, that the industry needed to do. And one of them was this kind of this area. So a- Andy introduced me to the Media Rating Council. And subsequent to that, we had the folks there come and speak at our last conference. That resulted in the IBO becoming members of the uh, Media Rating Council, of which now I now sit on the board of directors. I'm on the Digital Out-of-Home Committee and now the Out-of-Home Standards Committee. Most people don't realize that the Meeting Rating Council has governed audience measurement in most other media since the 60s and started with TV, radio, and, and governs all the other things. The numbers that the folks use go through audits and validation and applicability towards standards that are derived. And so currently, our out-of-home standards committee is coming up with the out-of-home standard to be released sometime, we think, in the second quarter of 2019. And when doing such, it will create a mechanism whereby the processes of how the audiences, you know, what age groups and et cetera, come to see it. We think it is very important. It has really taken a stronghold in the digital out-of-home world now, which is primarily the networks and whatnot, but does include our digital billboards. And I can see a very significant reliance upon validated, transparent, accurate, believable data that we receive from the sources that provide them. So it's sort of a third-party verification of the methodology for computing impressions? Well, it's not the third party. It is the governing body. It's, hmm. a, it's a quasi-governmental council that the, the United States government set up. Hmm. And it, it is in a spot where they really make up the rules for how the, the standards are going to be created. And then they hire auditors to go into those that wish to be accredited to go through a rigorous accounting and auditing process of how they come up with their audience measurements. So for as an example, in online digital, some of the larger companies a couple of years ago stopped advertising with Google and Facebook until they could prove that where 90 some odd percent of the traffic was being reported as audience was actually bots and fake and you know made up kind of numbers through maybe no fault of their own, but there wasn't any process. Subsequently, the MRC has come in on the digital out-of-home space and has, is in the process of crediting a number of different players that are in those fields. Why do they want to do that, one asks? Because they need the advertisers to believe their numbers and then take their money back to them to do advertising. I got you. What do you think out-of-home has to do in the next five years to thrive? We absolutely have to get behind the concept of selling by audience. Right now, most of us that have been in billboards um, have, have sold on location. It's a great direction to come into town. It's the best spot. It's the busiest intersection, et cetera. But to take me for an example, if I could go to an advertiser and say that we have these 500 locations across the country and you, Justin Boots, would be very well healed to know that there are this many people that are 50 years old that might be have disposable income and really love to wear cowboy boots. How many billboards could we sell on a platform if we could deliver that information back? Mm-hmm. And so that is one of the things in the Media Rating Council to give that comfort level is one of the reasons I'm so adamant in promoting that our industry group now, Geopath, must get accredited and that any other entrant to the space must get accredited so that our advertisers believe us 
and that we can be able to compete with the online that is fast moving in that direction. Wow. Well, how about some other things that should happen? A couple other things is that I think that we need to have our data standardized and by having people convert into the workflows helps us do that across all those platforms. Everybody has had RFPs that are in the operator business that come in from agencies. We actually say waste millions and millions of keystrokes. I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more. Every single agency says, here, just fill out our spreadsheet. Just add, just fill out these 25 different data points for every single sign you want to bid. And you don't have time as a small operator to respond differently to every single agency. It's just ridiculous. Right. And so that is one thing for the industries to do better in a three to five year window is for some standardization of the key data points. This is me nodding vigorously. <laughs> yes. And, and, and we recognize that the success ratio is less than one out of 20. Yeah. And, and then you take a plant like uh, Look Billboards in Ardmore, Oklahoma. Yeah. We're lucky if we have one agency buy in a year. Yeah, right. It just doesn't justify us to go into the models that are there now for audience measurement. And so we, we must have audience measurement, and we must have an availability to reduce our, what I lovingly call an equivalent to the United States government reduction of paperwork act. Agreed. Okay, Chris, I want to end the show with a underhyped or overhyped. I'll give you a term. You tell me if it's underhyped or overhyped and why. Geofencing. I think it's probably overhyped for the regular world, but underhyped as it relates to, to out of home. We haven't used that, and that's one of the areas that are one of our initiatives is bringing mobile ad sales to our platform to fit into our workflow. Geofencing would work very nicely, I think, with mobile phones that drive by our billboards. Autonomous cars. Overhyped. Why? I think that there are a number of legal issues that would have to be overcome beforehand. I think that generally speaking, it could work possibly well in more metro areas. But I'm going to tell you what, I like my dually diesel truck and I ain't getting in an automated car. <laughs> A recession in the U.S. economy. Well, you know, no, nobody can really predict when that occurs, but you're familiar with uh, mortgage slash loan business and the uh, long interest rate cycle. And currently we are at the bottom end of the 40 year cycle that had been dropped and we're probably two or three years into the up cycle of the next 40 years. That is going to be, generally speaking, some recessions come along the way with that. But currently we're in the longest modern day recovery that, then since we've been keeping records. So we could go into a, a recession at, at any time, but it sure looks good if you start listening to the shape that the economy's in in the, uh, some of the uh, recent statistics. Jobs are up. I'm hearing good things from all of my operators. Advertisers are feeling good. Budgets are feeling good. And so when does a recession come? Who knows? It'll come. But what I do like about the billboard business is that we generally speaking, when the bankers come knocking on the doors that want people to pay loans, you need to go out and advertise and get more business. And so it's a, a little bit countercyclical to be in the out-of-home business if you're properly capitalized. Automated out-of-home buying. I think that that's probably overhyped in general because it's a sexy topic in the tech world. As it relates to our out-of-home, it's underhyped because 
of the complexity of where the splintering has led us and the data standardization, there's not been an easy way for them to connect to us up until relatively recently. Chris, what do people, what can people do if they would like to learn more about the IBO USA? Oh, that's simple, Dave. They can go to our website, ibousa.org, and look around on that at some of the different things that we have involved with our group. Uh, there's a su uh, support, contact support. Our phone number is 580-226-2234, or you can simply send an email, support at ibousa.org. Simple process, just have people call in. We'll have somebody call them back, answer their questions, tell them about the different levels and layers and different services and things that we have. Be more than happy to help anybody. Perfect. That's it for this week. Uh, thanks for appearing on the podcast, Chris. Well, Dave, thanks for having me and keep up the good job. Uh, over the last couple of three years, I know personally that I have learned, learned a ton of things by your daily email that comes out with the different topics in it. And I would thoroughly encourage any new person, and we do encourage every new person, you know, to subscribe to the, your service and similar stuff. Learn everything you can about the business. Thanks Thank so you. much. And a check will be in the mail after we're done. Uh, you, <laughs> you can listen to episodes of the Billboard Insider podcast by visiting the billboardinsider.com website or by subscribing to the Billboard Insider podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. Our email is billboardinsider at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. This podcast is brought to you by billboardloans.com. Billboard Loans, fast, smart, committed. Thanks for listening and see you in a couple weeks.